Welcome to the Global Business Insights Podcast, brought to you by PSL. I'm your host, Max Kent, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Charlotte de Brabant. In Series 2, Beyond Business, we delve into the captivating journeys of the world's most exceptional business leaders, entrepreneurs and professionals. Our mission is not only to ignite inspiration and knowledge for the next generation, but also to illuminate the path for those currently navigating challenges. Join us as we uncover the remarkable stories that transcend traditional business narratives and offer a beacon of hope and guidance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Global Business Insight podcast that delves into the personal stories of individuals out there who have turned their entrepreneurial dreams into reality. And today we have a special guest and my dear friend, Max, who will share his unique journey of starting a business. So I guess let's just dive right in. Hi, Max. Thank you for being here. Hi, Charlotte. Delighted to be here. Bit bit nervous about what you're going to ask me, but let's let's do it. Oh, let's do it, Max. <laughs> no, no shame. Just speak right out of your heart. Okay. Max, as a successful CEO leading your own company and and having a team of uh, of, of seven employees now, your journey must have been just filled with valuable experiences. So maybe you can share some key moments that helped you to shape your path to this level of achievement. Okay, yeah, uh, great question. So I think I've always been a leader in one shape or another. Um, I think it's something I was probably born with. Um, if I think right back to um even being at, at school, I was always wanting to organise people, always wanting to put teams together, always wanting to tell the teams what to do to uh, get some kind of objective, whether it was captaining the football team or then going into uh, even Cub Scouts. I wanted to be what's called a sixer, which is in in lead of the pack. So I wanted to do that straight away to be the leading of my own pack so I could have a team that I could then try to uh, not tell them what to do but to try and achieve things to try to um win things to try and achieve results so i think that's that's always been something that i've instinctively wanted to do and and always it's always been around not telling people what to do but giving them some sort of shared future that we can all work towards achieving together so for me that's that was the the real understanding of when when i became a proper leader in business for the first time some of those instincts kicked in straight away and and i found that there was a very different feeling uh when you're leading people on a journey that they want to be on with you um it's a very different uh mindset and feeling to what we probably class as management and um basically telling people what to do um it's a very different thing so that's some of the key moments really for me is just knowing that when I was in a leadership position it felt natural and felt like something that I was really born to do and I think that's probably what um, a lot of leaders will feel as well. Thank you for sharing and the whole transition from your earlier roles to now becoming a CEO very much signifies significant growth. How has 
your your past and how have your past experiences both personally and professionally um, influenced your approach to leadership and and business management? I think if I think back, everything I've done really in my in my life has been about um, taking risks and um, taking a bit of a leap of faith. Uh, every time I've done it, it's it's worked out. But every single thing I've done has been a challenge and has been a you know tough decision. So I've never ever uh, liked comfort zones. I've never liked um, being too safe in a position. As soon as I get too comfortable, I start to get nervous and think that things are going to change for me. I like to be in control of change and lead my own life and lead my own changes. So um, that's really what those experiences have taught me and taught that approach to leadership is about. Um, sometimes the the easy route is not the right one and you have to go and take the tougher path and take risks and um, that's how you really grow and it's certainly how I've grown is by um, taking that feet, if, leap of faith and, and backing myself to succeed and that's not ever been easy and every single time I've done it it's always been a challenge it's always been the most difficult thing I've had to get through at that point in time um, and that's you know from starting multiple different businesses to taking on senior leadership roles that were probably um, too much of a stretch for me at the time and um, always trying to stretch and push myself um, each time is how I've really accelerated my learning and growth throughout my career. So um, again, it's that that fear of comfort zones and and wanting to take that jump uh, into the unknown has been really a, a a key part of my business life. I'd say. I love I love that taking a leap of faith, and I agree. People just don't do that enough nowadays and trusting in yourself, trusting in the process. Um, your your story involves overcoming challenges in your own way to becoming a CEO. Could you maybe highlight a few pivotal lessons you've learned from these challenges that have all contributed to your success today? So one of the things I think that really shaped my um, growth into business and in life as well was when I started off in my career, I was actually a music producer and graphic designer, and that meant that I spent a lot of time sat in front of a computer. So through my sort of 17, 18, 19, 20 at university and into my early 20s, I spent a lot of time really sat behind a computer, not really talking to people and doing a lot of work um, on my own. And I and I really liked it. And that I found was a problem because I was very shy, had no self-confidence and really didn't like talking to people at all, really. I'd sort of get scared if I had to ask people anything that was a bit of a challenge. Um, so the only way I felt to do was to deal with that was to throw myself into a field sales position where I was straight out of my comfort zone into a sales role. I'd never done sales before didn't really like salespeople, um, didn't really know that world and thought that, you know, salespeople were just people that drove around in fancy cars wearing shiny shoes that tried to talk you into stuff that you didn't want to do. Um, so I felt that that was the one way I could really boost my own self-confidence and get myself out there was to get into a field sales role. So I went straight into a role where I was, had to do 35 to 40 cold calls face to face every single day. I was given a, a three months training and then 
literally a box of catalogues and uh, let loose on the high streets of um, at the time rural Somerset. So places like Shepton Mallet, Glastonbury um, and Froome and that kind of area, people might know Glastonbury from the festival and I've got a story about that as well. Uh, in fact, more than one, probably one that I'm going to share here, but um, really throwing myself into a sales role where I was forcing myself to speak to that many people each day that I'd never met before completely changed my whole personality and the, my whole self-confidence um, and that really sort of threw myself into a real pivotal lesson on how I could develop myself and and that's never left me since that day. Wow thank you for sharing. Um, making the shift to a leadership role often requires a very strategic mindset and how did you leverage your with your prior experiences and skills um, to navigate your way to successfully running your own company? I always wanted to ch challenge the status quo and I've mm -hmm. never been one for really agreeing with what I've been told and that's probably why I'm a CEO of my own company because I think you know working in an office with a boss where I was constantly checked and and monitored all the time I was a bit like a caged animal and it, and it didn't really work that well for me which is another reason why I wanted to get on the road build my own destiny and be in control of everything so every time I was in a job role where I was in a set position there would always be a, a similar role or a slightly different part of the job where people would go, oh, no one makes the jump between that role to this role. It's just not done. So for me, that was always the challenge that I wanted to do. So um, in my field sales role, you and the company I was in, you had defined paths about you either went down the route of being an account manager and that was a farmer of accounts where you looked after businesses, you put the armor on the shoulder, you grew the business or you were a new business hunter. Um, that was out there winning new deals um, and you weren't supposed to do both so no one made the jump between the two you either chose to be an account manager or you chose to be a new business person and you followed off down those two avenues so I started off in account management but I wanted to go into new business and I wanted to win accounts I wanted to do the the hunting rather than the farming because I wanted to learn both sides of the equation and really learn the whole um, the whole picture um, so straight away I had people saying oh no one does this you shouldn't make this jump. You should carry on practicing your account management skills and grow that. And that obviously was exactly the challenge that I needed to hear. As soon as I hear stuff like that, my whole life has been about going, I don't agree with you. I'm going to do it because you told me not to. So as soon as someone tells me you shouldn't go to a new business position, guess what? Um, I went straight into a new business position. And um, again, it was a challenge. But surprise, surprise, I... Um, challenged myself to achieve it I ended up going a million pounds over my sales target and wow. um you know proved to myself that I could absolutely do it and I should never listen to people who tell me I can't do something because every single time I proved it again taking that further into my business life I went from sales to procurement and again people say well you're either a salesperson or a procurement person you're not both because they're always against each other fighting well for me that's not the case. It's about learning both sides of a transaction. So how does a sale get made and how does the person making to ch or choosing to buy that product or that service, how do they make that decision? I wanted to learn both parts of that. So m moving sort of 20 years on, 25 years on, I've got 15 years experience of being a procurement uh, leader, procurement person, running procurement teams, running procurement processes. 
and then another 10 years of professional sales experience where I've been in you know pure new business roles where you sink or swim by winning those accounts so I wanted to put myself in the firing line every single time to make sure I really felt the pain of 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 how to succeed and how not to succeed so that I learned as much as I possibly could do and for me that's what I'd say to anyone else really looking to progress themselves in business is to again take those risks put yourself into the roles where people say no and makes that jump and carve out your own path absolutely and and then Let's go to the next question. Um, from your time as a team member to now leading a team, your perspective on collaboration and communication must have evolved, especially when you're just saying carving out your own path. Um, so how do you ensure effective communication and, and foster this teamwork with, within your organization now? Oh, so oh, there's quite a lot in that. I mean, really, I think it's connecting with people on a human level. Um, it's understanding that you're not always going to have an easy conversation with people, that you have to face things head on, regardless of what your relationship is with them. I think you still you can be friends with people in your team, but they can still treat you with respect as their leader. Um, there's a balance between that um, and making sure that people know where they stand with you um, and making sure that you have regular open dialogue with people and open communications some of the best conversations that i have with my team and work with my reports and i'm now a you know part of my role now is a leadership coach so again that's about working with people to lead and management manage them to achieve more than they thought was possible even if i'm not directly working with them i still love that whole um relationship of working with someone to lead them on their journey and give them that that um path to follow where they where they can get to a place where they didn't think was possible and that's really for me what what leadership's about so that collaboration and communication some of the best meetings i've had is um when i've had meetings with people and there's no fixed agenda so I like to get on a call with people i like to meet with my direct ports and anyone else in the business and say just simply how's it going how are you and go from there really and, and you find you'll get a lot more out of people if you sometimes don't have an agenda with your direct reports if you just let them talk and let them open up they'll fill the gaps and tell you probably a lot more than they're expecting to but they'll only do that if they've got that respect for you and they've got that relationship with you that you know they know you've got their back and they're going to support them not um you're not just doing it for the company point of view which i think happens a lot in management roles where you know you could work with people but they actually don't show that they really care um and so there's there's a whole human element to this about caring for people and and really wanting to see the best in them oh i absolutely agree especially asking how they are doing and if you if it's sales or procurement if you see the numbers haven't really been performing not just saying hey come into my office why aren't you doing this why hasn't what what, what am i seeing but actually asking are you all right is everything okay? And then you may just get a lot more out of it. And maybe it's a personal reasoning why why certain results haven't haven't come up. Um, Max, ba balancing a thriving career as a CEO with personal well-being can be demanding. So how do you manage your time and prioritize self-care, maintain a healthy work-life balance with your beautiful family? 
Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's been different at different stages of my life. I think when I was in a full-on new business or sales role, that was incredibly demanding. And I'd say that I'd be out, you know, doing calls and meetings all day and get back and have you know, a huge amount of work to do every single night. So it was, you know, and, and, and I'm sure many people have been in similar roles. What I found was that's not healthy. And I could actually do more and be more effective as I worked smarter and worked, found strategies how to work smarter as I got more experienced to the point where, and I hope uh, my co-founder Paul is probably not listening to this part, but I think you can do and be effective in two to four hours a day. And that's probably the prime time you spend really being effective. If you think about what you do around those roles, I'm not saying I don't sit at my desk for sort of eight hours a day, but really the quality work I think you could probably do in two to four hours a day. And I know that Richard Branson, who's um, an inspiration of mine, is says that um, you could do the majority of business work as a leader in 15 minutes a day. So um, that's something I aspire to doing. And I think that's all about having the right team around you, about leading them properly, delegation, empowering people, trusting in them, letting people around you um, get on with it. And, you know, I think, spoiler alert, if no one's seen The Bear yet, I put a post out about The Bear, the, bear, the series last week. There's a really great example on there where um, the main leader spends a lot of time building up to the launch of his new restaurant. Um, and on the actual night, he accident he accidentally gets locked in the fridge and can't get out and is worried the whole time he's locked in there about the whole thing going wrong. When he gets out, the team have done a brilliant job and delivered for him. And the whole thing is a success without him. And I think that's a lesson to us all as leaders to go. If you've done the right things with your team to build and empower them in the right way, then you have to trust them and let them make their own mistakes. And you know what? They probably will deliver for you. I agree. Yeah. And and that's also what I do with, with my team when they when they join. Sometimes I even do an experiment. I just tell them what is the end result and not telling them what how do we do certain steps or how, what are the processes, but just what is the end result and let them come up with a solution or a way how to accomplish the end result. And you'll be surprised of the results you get. Um, Max, as a CEO, continuous learning is key to adapting a dynamic business landscape. Can you maybe share an example of how your commitment to learning has positively impacted your decision making and leadership style? Yeah, again, I think how you really accelerate your learning is going back to what I said earlier about putting yourself out of your comfort zone and into situations where you are not sure how it's going to go you're not sure how the the result is going to go for you um and that's how you learn i mean i started what's this my fourth startup now i think i sold one company one did okay but fizzled out the other one failed completely and i know it's a real cliche for people to say fail fast but in failure you learn so much the the real key is to analyze and um, check back on what you actually learned from that experience. So I actually have a little process that I run through with anything that's a key event that I go through, which is called a review for learning. So if I've done something like a big sales meeting or a big client meeting or um, gone through the first year of a startup, I'll run through a set of questions with myself. And that looks at what seven things went well for you. Why did you think they went well? What seven things did you think didn't go so well? 
and why didn't you think they went well? And then what learning key learning points do you get from that? So just running through that simple process will um, elicit some real key findings for you that you you didn't perhaps come to that conclusion yourself. So I think you do have to have a little bit of a, a review process that you go through, but then that will give you the things that you know that you actually learned from those experiences. But again, I think it's that comfort zone thing. If you're not, if you're if you're feeling too comfort comfortable in wherever you are in your job role or whatever you're doing, you're probably not learning as much as you could be. So um, for me, that's time to shake things up. Oh, I love it. Um, your your journey from being a team member to CEO very much showcases, I would say, your determination and adaptability. Um, what advice would you offer to individuals and talents out there aspiring to leadership roles and based on your experiences and, and growth throughout your career? Okay, so I've had quite a few um strange leaving do's when I've been sat in the corner facing the wall or I've been told to go off and sit at home for the last two months because I've jumped ship and joined a different business or joined an organisation that probably was one that was a bit frowned upon by the organisation I was already working for but for me it felt like that was the next step that I needed to take in my career so there's always this um, situation when you work for a company for a long time and you're doing great things for them they want you to stay forever because you're delivering for them um, and again to me that's a comfort zone because you've probably achieved everything you can do in that company what you'll find is that people will keep dangling the carrot of leadership and senior roles what you actually see in companies is that very often you hit glass ceiling where there's people in those roles who've been in that role for a long time and they're not going anywhere. So unless there's a major shift in the company you're in, it may be a realisation that you have to take to yourself that you're not going to get to a senior role in that company and it's time to go. It's time to go and do something else, jump, take that jump, take that leap of faith. And that's how I've got um, that accelerated career path by going, I'm not going to get to a leadership or director role in this company, but I want to get to one now. So I'm going to find one. If there isn't one that exists, I'm going to make one myself. So that's why I've been constantly in my career jumping between self-employment, startup, back into a corporate role, back into startup. So I'm not um, averse to doing that um, and into different roles if it's right, working for a company, working for the right leaders, working for the right team or building it myself. And now not scared of any of that. Um, and I think if you're if you haven't done it, you will be because it's the fear of the unknown. So, again, jump in feet first and um, you'll accelerate your career path much faster into leadership and director roles because you've got that experience. I love it. Jump in feet first. Exactly. And then look forward. Chin up, head up, eyes straight. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Chin up, head up. <laughs> Um, and beyond your, your role as a CEO, you're also known for all your involvement as a DJ and music producer. I love it. How do you balance your passion for music with your demanding role as a business leader? And maybe you can share some insights from, from your music career um, and how it brings uh, th th this whole leadership approach to you. So I've got a bit of a different background to quite a lot of people that I come across in um, the business world because I grew up in uh, Wiltshire in the UK and um, 
when in the in Wiltshire in the UK, you're very close to Glastonbury Festival, which is the largest festival in the world. Um, and since 15, uh, the age of 15, uh, myself and all my friends were going to that festival, jumping over the fence and getting into the festival and just having our minds completely blown with all of the music and experiences that go with that festival. And from there, I went headfirst into the music scene. I was playing guitar um, from the age of 12. I'm classically trained, so I could play flamenco and Spanish guitar. Um, and again, I jumped into rock music because I wanted to um, plug the guitar in and play it louder. Um, I ended up touring with a rock band when I was uh, 17 and playing um, gigs all around the UK. Um, from there, I wanted to learn the technology of music and did a music degree in that. Um, and it was having that degree that took me into business and off into sales and off into the journey that we've just talked about. But the music production, music performance side of things never left me. Um, and for me, it feels like it's a similar thing to leadership. When you're up there DJing and playing, performing to a crowd of people, you're leading them on a journey. Uh, which is exactly the same as you're doing when you're leading them in business or in any other setting so it's actually quite similar it's quite a similar feeling um and i've had many times i've been up doing speaking slots on stage in front of lots of people um and that again that's a similar feeling to djing to a crowd and playing to a crowd performing to a crowd it's a very similar feeling um and again about comfort zones for me um, I was scared to get up on stage and stand in front of people and perform. So guess what I wanted to do was get up, get on stage in front of people and feel that fear. And um, that's that to me is is just a feeling of being alive. Um, I DJed on uh, in Bristol on Saturday night. Um, had a great crowd um, playing again. You know, many times again this year. It's a it's a real passion of mine, and um, I think back in my earlier career it was something that i'd never tell people about because i was too scared that they wouldn't buy from me or they think that you know having a different life in music was going to be something that would put people off because that wouldn't they wouldn't think i was professional and i've learned to just share that and embrace this as who i am and not be scared of it and um and share it and share that love and passion for for something that's really close to my heart so um I think that comes into leadership and business actually in terms of true passion and you know following your heart and following your your passions. I couldn't agree more and and Max last question with your current success as a CEO and team leader um, what are your future aspirations aspiration goals for yourself and for your company and how do you plan to continue evolving and ensuring the growth for, for your company? So one thing I've learned from um, starting multiple companies, starting multiple job roles and finding success in lots of those and on obviously the failures along the way is that what you have to do is keep refining yourself and keep focusing and focusing in again so that your um, your vision of what you are doing gets sharper and sharper and you get more and more clarity on what you're doing. So you know, this this particular business, PSL, we started this a year ago. We're just about to have our first year anniversary on the 1st of September. And um, really what that's what that's talking about refining now for future aspirations is really sharpening the focus of what we do. 
um, and we're getting a lot more clear on what it is we do. When we started, we had a multiple different revenue streams, multiple different things that we wanted to do. And now we know what is going to bring the revenue and bring the money in, bring the opportunities in and some of the things perhaps that that won't be so successful. Um, and we're not precious. We're very much about focusing in on those and letting go of some of those things that that perhaps weren't working and um and making sure that we're continuing to to do that to evolve and refine that growth of the company but the reason for doing that is because what we do is is helping people save money it's helping people in their jobs it's helping empower them and that's a real mission for me to continue doing that we've got a sustainability piece as well which is a big thing for me but it's not the only thing it's about creating jobs for people creating a life for them as well as as me and all the people that work for me already um that that gives them a great company to work for and a great experience and and gives them some of the things that perhaps I didn't have when I was growing up through my career. So it's, it's, it's just as much about giving back as, as it is about building something. Oh, thank you, Max. I mean, what an inspiration you are for so many business leaders out there and entrepreneurs. And thank you for sharing your incredible entrepreneurial journey with us. I would say your your insights and experiences serve as a testament to the determination and creativity that entrepreneurship really demands. And I think you're a true servant leader. Um, and to our listeners out there, thank you for joining us in this episode. Every entrepreneur's journey is unique and there is just so much to learn from each other and from all these personal stories. So stay inspired, stay resilient and tuned in for our next episode as we continue to explore the whole world of personal stories. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening episode of the Global Business Insights Podcast. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and valuable insights that will continue to guide and uplift you on your journey.